Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Um, we have a really special Sunday today, and this is something really different than we've done before. I don't know of, I don't know, do you guys know of a church that's done this? Um, maybe not, but we've, we've actually invited all of our Chi Alpha Ministries here uh, in Iowa to come, and we're going to do a kind of a panel and questions. They serve as missionaries to one of the greatest mission fields in our country, and that's the college campus. And it is not an easy place to go. The college campus is a rough place to be in America. The ideas, the, the liberal thought, um, the, uh, the goofy stuff that comes out of some of these campuses that we've seen is unbelievable. But in the midst of all that darkness and all that stuff going on, we have missionaries on the ground doing something amazing, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with, with, uh, with the students that come there. And they're literally uh, seeing people get saved and then sending them all over the world as missionaries, foreign missionaries. I've had the, the privilege of getting to interview some of the missionaries in Iowa to, to approve them as, a, as an Iowa a district, as missionaries. And so many of them come out of the Chi Alpha ministries that we have going on, which is so awesome. So not only are people getting saved, people are getting called in Chi Alpha. This is, this is grassroots, if you will. We're talking about the election in a couple of days. This is grassroots uh, kingdom building, if there ever was, in America. And I, I, I don't want to take too long, but I just want to share with you, some of you know this testimony, maybe some of you Chi Alpha people don't, but I have a really, really big heart for campus ministries. Um, the reason why is because I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for them. I was at SDSU. I had accepted Christ as a, like a 14-year-old. Um, my family was a good family. We had left a liturgical church and came to, uh, started going to a, a Word of Faith church that was preaching the Bible. And um, it was great, but the problem was I had no foundation. And so I went off to college, and I was a pretty good kid through high school. Probably the summer of my senior year, I started experimenting a little bit. I was the good guy who used to take everybody to the parties, but I wouldn't drink. Yeah, and I'd take them home, make sure they have a safe ride. And it wasn't too long, as probably most of you know my story a little bit. I was part of the partying, and I was part of the, the, the drinking crowd, if you will, the, just the partying crowd. Well, I went off to school, and, and I, I was a music major, and they sucked me in. There were some uh, uh, people on the campus that, that sucked me in in a very bad way. And for about a year and a half, um, I just drank like a fish. And it was just this thing that everybody seemed to do in our department, um, in the music department at SDSU back then. And I went to school with this kid. His name was Dan. And Dan was, um, he was a music major as well. He was a vocal major. And uh, one day, after about a year, like I said, a year and a half of this kind of lifestyle, he's knocking on my door, my dorm room door. And I knew him. I sat pretty close to him in most of my classes. We said hi to each other on a regular basis. And he op I opened the door and he's like, hi, my name is Dan. I am with Campus Crusade for Christ. I would like to share the four spiritual laws with you. And I said, mm, nah, I shut the door. He came three different times to my door, did the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, I know you're Dan, you know? I know your name is Dan. I sit by his school. And so I finally just said, okay, I'll listen. So maybe he'd stop coming to me, right? So I'm sitting there, 
as he's going through the four spiritual laws, it was an old track. It was yellow in color. You remember that track? Oh man, that was a good one, right? Bill Bright, he like put that together and he's going through it with me and showing me all this stuff. And he goes, he goes, so you want to accept Christ right now? And I said, well, I've kind of already done that. He goes, yeah, but do you want to rededicate your life? And I'm like, sure. So I prayed. But I, I want you to understand something. The whole time he was doing that, he was sharing I wasn't really convicted by what he said because I knew, I knew what the truth was. I'd already been taught that to some degree. I was convicted because here's a guy who seems a little off. I mean, he keeps knocking on my door. He's not, I mean, he keeps saying, my name is Dan. And I'm like, I know your name is Dan. It was weird, right? It's like socially awkward. And I'm sitting there going, here's this somewhat socially awkward guy who's doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing, but I didn't have the guts to do it. And I knew it, and it convicted me to the core. That's why I said yes to praying with him, and I thought, well, you know, good, that I'll pray. And it felt good, it was fine, and then he's like, you wanna to come to Campus Crusade tonight? Or I mean, next Thursday night? And I'm like, sure, I'll be there. Where's it at? And he told me, and, and then he's like, but I'll come pick you up. Like, in the dorm, you come and like walk you there. That's how you pick somebody up, right? It's not like a car thing, because it met on campus. And um, I'm sure he did that because he knew I wouldn't have shown up. And he's bragging about it at, at, when we were in class. He's saying, this is going to be such a great, I can't wait to get there, you know. We're going to have a, you're going to have an awesome time. And so he comes and gets me. We go, and he's talking it up all the way there. We have the best room in the student union, all this stuff. And we get there, and we open the door. And it is a cool room, and there's all these chairs set up. And he and I are the only ones there. He takes a stand, and he puts it in front of me. And he stands right in front of me as I'm sitting down in the front row. And he starts preaching. Awkwardly. And then after about 20 minutes, he goes, so what did you think? And I'm like, this is great, Dan, you know, awesome. He goes, you want to be vice president? <laughs> and I said, sure. And I don't know what it was. I just couldn't say no to the guy, you know. But here it was. This, that, and I said, where is everybody else? He goes, oh, there is nobody else. It's just you and me. He knew that the whole time, <laughs> right? Well, we proceeded to uh, work together. I went to a a conference right after that. Um, it was a retreat, a winter-type retreat in uh, Wisconsin where there was no heat. I was mad about it. But I ran to the altar, and I got really saved, really saved. And I never went back in all my life. Never have gone back. And it, I, yeah, amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so uh, we got back, and we started building that campus. And that campus ministry after, gosh, is it 30 years? 30 years, it's still happening. I have nephews that have gone and been a part of Campus Crusade for Christ at SDSU campus. And I, I remember it all the way back to a guy named Dan, who was a little socially awkward, maybe a half bubble off, knocking on my door. Strike that from the live stream. He might be watching. You know? um, <laughs> Dan, it doesn't matter. I love you, buddy. Yeah, you, you won me to Christ. And um, I'll forever be grateful for that. But Campus Missions is very close to my heart for that reason. Because I wouldn't have found Jesus, I don't think, if it wasn't for that guy knocking on my dorm room door, right? So now you know where my heart's at. Let's listen to these campus missionaries' heart. I'm going to invite uh, Brad Novasad. He is a regional director. I, I think you do Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota. Do you do that? Sure. Sure, Minnesota. You do Minnesota? You're all these things, right? But he's, uh, give him a hand as he comes. Amen. Amen. Hey, good morning, guys. Thank you so much, Pastor Barry. Uh, man, that is, uh, we all actually we all share stories uh, about what, what God has done in our lives.
lives and, and different things. Uh, that was fantastic. Bro, like, you're a pastor, restauranteur, and keyboardist. Like, you're, you're, man, renaissance. This is awesome, man. You're amazing. So thank you so much, church, uh, for uh, having us here and for supporting our ministry. Uh, Brad Novosad, yeah, I work in the Great Plains area. It's uh, Minnesota, Dakotas, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri for Chi Alpha, overseeing, helping to oversee uh, our uh, 50 plus ministries and about 170 staff. And I'm excited to introduce you to the real stars, the real, you know, the missionaries on our Iowa campuses here in a second. Um, but first, I just want to share a little bit about Chi Alpha. Chi Alpha is the missions effort of the Sons of God to send uh, missionaries on our college campuses, right where st students live and go to school. And we take our name from 2 Corinthians 5.20, which says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Christ's ambassadors in the Greek is Christu Epistoli. The first two letters are Chi and Alpha. We see ourselves as ambassadors, ambassadors of Christ. Christ sent ones to the college campus, not only sending staff to those campuses, but our staff raising up students who will see themselves as sent by God. Yes, they're on college campus because they're studying to get a degree, but we want them to see a greater purpose in their life sent by God to that college campus to reach their peers for Christ. And so that's really in a nutshell what our ministry is all about. And so we need these missionaries on our college campuses. Pastor Barry was uh, talking about that a little bit. But we need to be sending these guys out onto our college campuses. Because our college campuses in America are the steering wheel of our society. As goes the campus, so goes the culture. The things that we see happening on our college campuses today become normative in our culture tomorrow. If you've been around as long as I have, you've seen things change in America dramatically over the last 40, 30 20, but especially the last five, 10 years. Because of the things that are happening in our college campuses, in our lecture halls, in our university lecture halls, the things that our professors are talking about, all of a sudden creep in about three years time, they say, creep into our society. You know, every major revival in America that has swept through uh, our country can be traced back to a college campus. One of those, Williams College, Massachusetts, five students huddled under a haystack and start, started the Great Awakening in America. It's amazing what five students can do that get on fire for God or what five students can do who get on fire for some other purpose. Because again, on our college campuses, our professors know if they can get just a few students interested or excited or confused. So we need to be there. We need to be sending our missionaries with the truth of Jesus Christ and speaking the truth in love on our college campuses to our students today. And so uh, we need to be sending our, our uh, missionaries to our college campuses because of the increased unchurched population that we're seeing. 
So yes, we want to see a handoff between the church and the campus. And my goodness, pastor, I'm looking around here and just the, the sheer number of children and youth at this church is astounding. It really is. We, we all noticed it. We were talking about it. This is fantastic. And so if any of these students are coming to any of our campuses in Iowa, we want to know that. We want there to be a handoff. Too much has been poured into these kids' lives. Too much has been poured from their families, from the church, from their pastors into their lives just for us to send them off to some secular college with a pat on the back. Oh, I hope it goes well. We want there to be a handoff. We want to be there. We have staff on these campuses that want to welcome them into their ministries and, and minister there to them. But we also have a, an increasing number of unchurched on our college campuses today. Do you realize that a third of our youth in America today identify as non-religious? And, and almost 50% of our college students identify as secular in, in America today. It's, it's astounding the number of our young people that are irreligious today is, is just, uh, is, the, the number is just stunning. And so we want to be there again to reach people for Christ. We need to be sending our missionaries to reach people with the gospel on our college campuses. And then I'll say this, that uh, we need to be sending missionaries to our college campuses because I believe that our, our colleges and universities are the most strategic mission field we have in America today. The best and the brightest from all over the country are studying on our college campuses. The future leaders of Iowa, the future leaders of America are studying on our college campuses and literally the best and the brightest from all over the world are being sent to America colleges and universities to study, to get a degree. And so really the world is coming to us. No longer is, is foreign missions or world missions just over there, it's here. It's on our own doorstep, it's in our own backyard. And so we really do believe if we can change the college campus, we can change the world. And so we need to be sending these guys out onto our college campus. So again, pastor, thank you. Thank you for helping to send. That's really what the church does. The church helps to send those that are called out. And so thank you so much for doing that for us. So I'm just going to invite our staff. They're gonna come up. Uh, one at a time, introduce themselves, uh, what campus they're at, um, how long they've been with Chi Alpha, and then if they have some uh, guests with them today, they're going to they're gonna introduce that today. So, Rachelle, why don't you come on up first? Let's hear it for Rachelle. <laughs> introduce yourself to okay. us. Okay, I'm Rochelle Krause. I am at Kirkwood Community College and the surrounding colleges, Coe and Mount Mercy. And then I've been in Chi Alpha on like staff for five years now. Five I'm in my years. fifth year. Fifth year, awesome. Jeremy, come on up. Yeah. Thanks, Pastor. Uh, my name's Jeremy White. My wife and little guys are in the back. Tiffany, you'll see all of us out there afterwards. I'm in my 11th year of being a Calpha missionary. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm getting a veteran, man. I lost my hair. Yeah, like that's what happens. I know. A true disciple, um, by the way. There we go. And in ninth year at Drake University in Des Moines, which is just a little drive from here. So that's where we're at. Awesome. Alex, come on up. 
Yeah, my name is uh, Alex Rosinger, and I'm at Iowa State University. Um, and I brought a few people with me. My wife, Katie, is with me this morning. All right, give your intern, Alejandra. And then we have two sons hanging out with your guys's, uh, your guys's kids in the nursery. Winston, who's two and a half, and Theodore, who's one. Um, and we've been on, Katie and I, we, gra- we actually, freshman year, Iowa State was 2012. So I've been a part of Chi Alpha pretty much nonstop since then. Spent four years in the marketplace, but then we came back to direct Chi Alpha, Iowa State University, uh, fall of 2020. That's awesome. And that mustache, dude, I'm loving it. Alyssa, come on up. Hey, my name is Alyssa. I am at University of Iowa. Go Hawks. And uh, the real team. I've been uh, part of Chi Alpha for seven years, but at University of Iowa for five years. I was kind of a cyclone for a little while, but don't have any bias towards either one. So anyway, and I brought um, my friend Alyssa with me. She's a student at University of Iowa praying about giving back to Chi Alpha for the coming year. And she's incredible, incredible. The answer is yes, Alyssa. And Derek, come on up. Hi, my name is Derek Quimby and I'm the Chi Alpha Director at the University of Northern Iowa. I've been on Yes, Emma <laughs> came to our, but then she came back because she got married. So I'm still praying through that and praying for her to move back. Just kidding, Pastor Barry. But we've been on campus for five years. I've been the director at Chi Alpha for three years, and I brought with me my wife, Taylor. And then we've got our staff member, Victor Martinez. His wife, Lexi, is unfortunately not with us. She is our kids pastor at our church and home, so she's there. And then John and Casey Griffin, two other staff members. Awesome. Thank you. Here. We're going to put them on the hot spot, and uh, we'll test your metal to see if you uh, know what you're doing as Kyle for missionaries. <laughs> so the first question I have, I'll, I'll direct it to Jeremy, um, who's at Drake, and uh, uh, tell us in three minutes, we're going to go right down, so be thinking of your answer here. Tell us in three minutes or less why you are passionate about the campus you serve at, about Drake. That is a great question. And you guys have been talking about the election a lot this morning. Who in the past few weeks has seen a political ad or received a political ad? Can I get a hand? Yeah, okay, okay. Some of the people that you're getting ads from are Drake alumni. How many of you have a kid or grandkid or niece or nephew in the public school system right now? Okay, yeah, their principal and superintendents are Drake alumni. How many of you have been to the doctor in the past year? Yeah, that's a lot of us. Your doctors are Drake alumni. And the reason that I'm passionate about this campus is because I want to see some spirit-filled believers running for political office. I want to see, yes, come on, we can get excited about that. I want to see some spirit-filled believers that when you go to the doctor, they say, here's your prescription, but can I pray with you? I want to see some principals and superintendents who are men and women of faith, but it's not going to happen easily. Like real talk, the reason that I'm passionate about Drake is because it is one of the darkest, hardest battlegrounds in this state. All right, we're we're gonna get in it for about 30 more seconds. Satan has a stronghold. It is a dark, dark place. And I am so sick and tired of Satan winning. Yeah. Yeah. I want him to lose. And I know in the end he will lose, but right now I'm sick and tired of these college students going away and hating 
everything that the church stands for. I want them to be touched by Jesus, and it is going to take a war. We fight not against flesh and blood, but the prince and principalities of this world. And when we step onto Drake's campus, it is a dark battleground, and that is one of the reasons that I fight so hard for it to be won. Same question. Yeah, for... Uh my wife and I, it's remarkably personal, like Pastor Barry. Um, I moved to Iowa State University in 2012, 10 years ago, I was a freshman. And um, I was just a kid who, a pastor's kid who was a, pretty hurt by the church, a little bitter towards um, the way I saw Christianity played out. Um, and then I had a, a campus pastor, Pastor Drew Meyer, who maybe you, some of you may know, he's now the, the LifePoint lead pastor at the church in Ames. Um, and he sat me down the summer before my, my freshman year and asked me a question I never thought could change my life. He said, tell me your story. And no one ever asked me that before. Um, and so I spent, I don't know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, like blathering out whatever came to my mouth. But here was a guy who, even though I grew up in the church, grew up at good churches, my dad being the pastor, no other adult male had ever bothered to ask how I was doing and what my life in the Lord was like. And here he was spending time hearing my story. And so my, what, why we're so passionate about Chi Alpha Iowa State is because our lives were fundamentally transformed. There, is, there, is, there are tons, and we have stories of people coming to know Jesus, like unchurched kids encountering the Lord radically on the campus. But there are also tons of church kids that come, and they get to make the faith their own. And so my, I remember my freshman year, my sophomore year, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit on campus, I was in leading a small group in Maple Hall. I was in a, in a small group and doing worship nights in Hauser Hall where I got to lead, like the first person I ever got to lead to Christ was in, in the hallway of my own dorm room. Um, like my life was transformed and I got to see Jesus, Jesus transform the lives of other people through my own eyes on the campus 10 years ago and then now seeing it today uh, as a director. Yeah, give him a hand. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I relate to Pastor Barry's story a lot. I went to uh, college up in North Dakota, NDSU, the better DSU. But I, <laughs> just kidding. But I had um, grown up in a church similar to this and was, uh, one Sunday we had a Chi Alpha pastor. I didn't know what Chi Alpha was at that point at all. He came back, he was my old youth pastor. He came back just to share what he was doing with Chi Alpha in Wisconsin. And he shared this statistic that wrecked me. He said 72% of students that grow up in a church like this leave the church for the rest of their lives. And me sitting there as a 16 year old that had just given my life to the Lord two years prior was like, well, I'm definitely gonna be one of those statistics. I'm definitely gonna be one of the people that walk away from my faith and perfectly find it after college. And if it wasn't for Chi Alpha and someone jumping out at me my first day on campus at NDSU, I would have never ever came back to the, to the Lord. And so my prayer at University of Iowa is for each and every single student that comes with growing up in a church like this to, to, to continue and not just to maintain their relationship with God, but to grow it in a way like they can never experience before because that was my story. And why I love U of I is because I am so 
deeply in love with these Hawkeyes who come in. I came from a very conservative background uh, in North Dakota and then coming into Iowa City where every single person declares that Jesus is not Lord and every single person cannot wait to get drunk every single night has been the most beautiful challenge to me. Um, I love having conversations with students that have never ever had a relationship with God, never ever grown up in church. And it's an incredibly hard challenge, but it's so much fun. I'd rather have those conversations than the ones about just why you should continue in faith. So it's just been a really awesome ride. Praise God. Derek? Yeah, so the reason that we feel so passionate about UNI is really because of the students that go to UNI. The average student on our campus is a student usually from Iowa, usually from a small town in Iowa, and they kind of come to UNI with not a clue what their life's supposed to look like. UNI is the smallest and the cheapest, so they're like, that sounds good to me, so I'm going to go there. So when students come, specifically a lot of the students grow up with some idea of Jesus, but usually the relationship with God has been a going through the motions, no depth to it. And so they come in kind of with no depth with Jesus and no idea what their future looks like. So then if we can encounter them with the gospel and, have, and disciple them and show them that following Jesus is not just a Sunday morning thing, but what your life can look like daily, then they get put on fire for Jesus. And then what we've seen is these students come in, a lot of them come in and they want to be teachers, and then they go do something in the classroom for like a week and like, oh my gosh, kids terrify me. I don't know if I want to be a teacher anymore. It's like, now what? So then if we give them a purpose that is higher, a purpose that can be, God can use you, we can, we've seen these students live on mission for not only the students in their classroom, but also feel a call to give their lives to helping other people come to know Jesus. And we've seen these students who come in kind of aimless give a purpose of what their life can be. And that can be called to come back to Chi Alpha as every single person who works for our Chi Alpha team graduated from UNI and has gone through our internship program. And we're seeing a call for going to the mission field, seeing a call to do something with their life. So with UNI's just unique nature of students coming in kind of feeling purposeless, Giving them that purpose has just been so beautiful to see them lit on fire for Jesus. So that's why we love our Panthers. Um, I think for me, uh, so I found Jesus my junior year of college at the University of North Dakota, the better school. <laughs> um, and uh, I had someone pursue me. I remember our first one-on-one. -on -one, I was like, I'm sick and I ditched her, but then we rescheduled, and then she pursued me forward. So I had my mentor pouring into me. I, had, I found my lifelong friends in Chi Alpha. Um, and then, so that's what I wanna do for um, the Kirkwood students, is pursuing after them. Because sometimes community colleges are overlooked. Chi Alpha doesn't know, like we're learning how to do Chi Alpha on community colleges. And so that's why for me, a big why is like, how can I help pave the way for other community, for Chi Alpha to flourish at other community colleges and pursue after these students? Because a lot of times they're only there for two years and then they'll go to like UNI, ISU, Iowa and Drake and stuff. So also wanting to help bridge the gaps. We don't lose them in that transition as well. That's great. I, I was just going to ask Brad this quick, just, and I don't know if you can answer this very easily because I, I'm sure it looks different in every campus to some extent, but what's a typical Chi Alpha ministry look like on a given campus? Do they have large groups, small groups, yeah. all that kind of thing? Yeah, 
generally, and it does differ uh, from campus to campus, I mean, we could all talk about that, but really Chi Alpha uh, thrives in community, uh, campus ministry thrives in community, which your story was kind of funny about that community of two, but. Yeah. Um, it worked though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it did yeah. work. But you know, that's why the pan pandemic was so hard on some of our campuses, because we couldn't have that community. And so, you know, kind of coming out of that, we're re rediscovering community and getting back together. But through that community, we uh, exist in small groups. So our, really our small group Bible studies is really where we thrive in that, in that closer community of students, you know, discipling one another. So small groups are kind of the lifeblood in general. And then if a campus can kind of swing it, they'll, they'll have like a weekly meeting as well, like a, a large group meeting. And uh, then just a, a bunch of other various events throughout the week. But yeah, small groups for sure, you, usually again, and then a large group meeting and, uh, and then other events. But, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think one of the things I love most about Chi Alpha is I, I think there's just a tremendous amount of fruit that comes with Chi Alpha. I think there's a great impact that Chi Alpha has. I think when I look at the Assemblies of God and some of the ministries and programs that, that we have to reach people strategically, I think Chi Alpha is right out there in the forefront, really like getting it done. And so I guess my question for you, and I think I'll start with Jeremy again, is what, can, can you guys just, can you take a second and just share a win with us? Like maybe one of your stories uh, of a student or something that happened in your ministry that you'd love for the rest of us to know? Yeah, so we, uh, about four years ago, um, we'd been on the campus about five years at that time. Uh, Tiff and I, my wife, we really felt the Lord leading us to pursue fraternities and sororities, which at Drake is about a fourth of the student population. So imagine if a fourth of Indianola was involved in bowling leagues, you better believe you guys are going to have a bowling league, all right, to reach them. So we really wanted to start reaching fraternities and sororities. We were praying, and everything you see in movies about fraternities and sororities, it's true, all right? It, 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 it's, it's probably worse than what you see, actually. And we met this one young man three years ago named Ethan. And I sat down with him in a coffee shop. We're getting to know each other. Comes from a great family, great involved in church. And he said, hey, you know how you told me fraternities would probably want me to join? Yeah. It, they really want me to join. What do I do? And I just give it to him straight. I'm like, look, if you join, you're going to be so tempted and it is going to be so difficult because you're gonna be pressured to get drunk all the time, to smoke weed all the time, to do drugs all the time, to sleep around all the time. It is gonna be incredibly difficult for you to walk out your faith. But if you're serious about reaching this campus for Jesus, what better place to make an impact than a brotherhood of 90 guys? And so he joined, fast forward three years, he's about to be president of the org, of the fraternity, Everyone respects him and listens to him. Everyone on Greek Street, where all the fraternity parties are, respect him and listen to him. He leads a Bible study in the house. He's set in that house with beer cans and joints around, leading brothers to the Lord. When people go through crisis in that house, they come to him because they know he's a person that will sit with them, that will pray for them. He is having an impact in a way that none of us could have an impact. He's winning souls in a way that only he could do, and it is an incredible thing to watch. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah um, for our campus, one story, um, it kind of plays into a couple, because it's the nature of Chi Alpha, and really the nature of discipleship once you plead, uh, see it played out over a lifetime, but we get to see it played out in, in a course of two to four years. Um, there was a student um, who's now a very dear friend. Uh, he's a senior, he's graduating, he's, he plans to be a missionary in Southeast Asia. Uh, but he came and was a pastor's kid, but really decided to live a life 
um, not pursuing the Lord. And there was this random kid who was a part of Chi Alpha, originally from North Dakota. Um, and they began to talk in one of their classes because they were design, they were in design, uh, design classes together and um, began to just share about his like life in the Lord and how he had experienced Jesus in a very real way. And so my friend, who now is a, the senior that's about to go be in the mission field, um, was like, I've never experienced Jesus like that. Like, I've never, I've never encountered the Lord like that. And so the story goes is they, after class, they went out uh, to, to a part of campus, and the kid from North Dakota prayed for my friend that he would just experience the power of God. And then, like, on the, on the side of the sidewalk, like, in the middle of the day, the power of God hit my friend, Cade, um, and his life was literally flipped upside down. He experienced the presence of God in a way he never had before. And it became, from that moment forward, of something, this is something I actually want to live for. And if you fast forward four years in his senior year, he, that story, it's not the same, but it's played out in so many different guys' lives that I've gotten to see. I've seen, there's, there's a student last year, his name is Juan, who came to our campus, didn't know Jesus, was a self-described atheist, began to hang out with my friend Cade, and in a series of three months, gave his life to Jesus, got water baptized, and then got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I mean, just like wild stuff. Another friend who came from a church background but fell away from the Lord in the, uh, in the, in the, in the, like the era of, of uh, partying through um, being on campus, and they, he met my friend Cade on a bus, uh, just driving around, and uh, they began a conversation with him, and then three months later, rededicated his life to Jesus, and actually, he himself led his girlfriend to Jesus, like, in the last three or four weeks, and so um, it's been, like, phenomenal to see what one, like, faithful conversation in a design class has played out four years later in this story of replication of people reproducing the work of God in their life as the Holy Spirit enables them. Yeah, I'd say one of the biggest wins for our Chi Alpha at U of I was actually during COVID. Um, right before COVID, I felt the Lord just um, really put it strongly on my heart to take our group and essentially just have a large, small group in my apartment for that semester, not having any clue that COVID was coming at all. And so we moved off campus and within three weeks, we tripled in size in my little apartment. We had about 30 people and um, then a few weeks later, COVID hit. Um, but right before that, there was a student named Morgan who came in and she was completely running away from God in every single way possible. She kind of grew up in the church, but didn't want to really have anything to do with God uh, as soon as she got to college. And so God got a hold of her heart through our local church and she found Chi Alpha through that and she got plugged into Chi Alpha and then COVID hit. And the blessing that happened during COVID was that she was then able to come over to my house every single day. So every single day she came over or like 10 o'clock in the morning, brought her Bible and her journal over, sat, in, sat on my couch and we just did devotions together every single day. I fed her a ton of food. And through that, she invited all of her friends. And pretty soon before I knew it, we had about 20 people. Don't tell the cops that because it was very illegal, but we had about 20 people in my, in my apartment during COVID, just doing Bible study together. Alyssa, there's a lot of cops in here today. Yeah, <laughs> it's over, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> just kidding. 
Um, but the, the blessing was that we had five students rededicate their hearts to the Lord during COVID. And we had student after student say how much they have grown in their walk with God. So during COVID, um, when everyone was getting shut down, we were just growing up. And it was just amazing to see this ama amazing community that was formed through that. And that one student then became a small group leader and her small group became those people that we had during COVID plus some. And she just grew so much. She fell in love with God. Um, and so she ended up giving her heart to the Lord fully and then going on and becoming a missionary with Chi Alpha. And now she's up in North Dakota just doing incredible things. And Alyssa came out of her small group, all of those things because of COVID. So it became a blessing in disguise, but sorry cops for our illegal action. <laughs> Yeah, so as Alex was saying, Chi Alpha's heart is this idea of like transgenerational discipleship or disciples who make disciples who make disciples and so on. And we've seen that on our campus. And I actually will tell the story of Victor here. He's one of our staff members. And Victor is actually in my small group when I was a sophomore in college at UNI and he was a freshman. And I got to mentor him and just help him fall more in love with Jesus as he came in with a little bit of a church background, but more of like a Catholic church background. And to see God work on his heart over the next couple of years. And then he had a moment where he started running away from the Lord, just got into a relationship that wasn't wise and started running from Jesus and in those moments sometimes after you've spent years with someone you can kind of lose hope but then as we had a moment where just kind of it all came out and Victor came to me and just said hey this is what I've been struggling with and we got to process through that together he gave his life kind of back to Jesus and said I'm going to pursue Jesus spent a year just kind of humbly serving the Lord and then eventually did our Chi Alpha internship program and now he leads our Chi Alpha internship program so he's leading seven other interns two of which are pastors kids who grew up in the church two of which did not grow up in the church whatsoever one group in a Lutheran church and just kind of most of them are from that kind of that background so now he's getting to disciple these seven interns and help them learn how to do ministry full-time as they are discipling students and teaching these students how to lead small groups small groups of five to ten other students of freshmen and then those freshmen are coming to know Jesus through these interns who are being discipled by Victor who I got to lead when he was a freshman in college and is seeing this continue and then these freshmen someday will get to go through Victor's internship program as we do it on our campus and get to see how the God can move through story after story, but really just seeing God continue to move and see hundreds of students coming to know Jesus through just like these one little small beginnings have been really cool. Um, with Kirkwood, one of the hearts and whys behind Kirkwood is, is to be a bridge, which I had mentioned to the other campuses. And so I kind of have three short stories, um, three wins. I had a student who was even a part of my youth group when I was a, a youth leader who is now at ISU Chi Alpha and bringing another one of my students um, who was a part of our Chi Alpha to ISU Chi Alpha. And then Addie is now at UNI Chi Alpha. And so with Kirkwood... I don't get to do as much like small group leader. I do discipleship, but I have two years, so I'm more focused on foundational stuff. Not that they are not also focused on foundational stuff, but I want um, our, the students that I give them to have a solid foundation in Christ so then they can go and do um, the small group leader training and stuff. So Addie um, had her in my group for two years. Now she's at UNI, and she's a small group leader and pouring into other girls. And then I have another girl, Kaylee, who's now at the University of North Dakota doing an internship up there called to... Chi Alpha Campus Ministry, and so more of ascending, creating the foundation, and sending, bridging the gap is those are some of the wins for us. Awesome. awesome. 
Praise the Lord. Jeremy, tell me about some of the struggles, the hurdles that have some of the biggest ones that your particular campus has uh, had for you to, to get the gospel out, to, to grow Chi Alpha, to, to just be there as a, as, a, as a light in a dark place. What are some of those hurdles? Whew. How long we got? Or maybe what's the biggest hurdle? Okay. Short, short time. I'll shorten it. All right. I'll shorten it to two. Um, so, you know, Brad had said that the, where the college campus goes, culture goes. What we found is Drake is even more extreme and that it's the most extreme version of culture among the campuses. So most of you probably know the parable of Matthew 13, where you have farmer goes out to spread seed, which is the gospel, and you have good soil, you have soil with rocks, soil with weeds, and hard soil. And I'll be honest with you, most of our time, we're praying for even just soil with rocks or weeds, because there's not a lot of soil at Drake, it's concrete. We have to go in and work so hard to bust up the concrete to even get to soil. And part of that is because of the culture of this campus. Now, I'm not trying to get into political discussion. I'm just going to speak on how Drake is. Most of you know that when you're in high school and college, it's freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. At Drake, it's first year, sophomore, junior, senior, because freshman is sex. It's because it has the word men in it. All right? You know, my preferred pronouns are he, him, his. Now, you guys may think that's crazy, but every class at Drake, every email, every name tag has your name and preferred pronouns. One of uh, another campus ministries up here for their brotherhood and sisterhood night, um, and I told them this because it, it made me laugh. They had hood night for brotherhood, sisterhood, hood. And I, I saw it and I started laughing so hard because if we promoted an event as hood night at Drake, we would be canceled and kicked off campus for <laughs> racism, cultural appropriation, and insensitivity. Have any of you ever heard of Turning Point USA? an organization, some of you, yeah, it's a, uh, okay, yeah, you guys are clapping for that. They've been denied access to Drake three times in the past five years because their values don't line up with Drake's culture. So here's the difficult part. How do we speak truth in an environment that is so hostile, hates Christians, and if we say the wrong thing, we're a private school, that's a unique thing about Drake, they can kick us off and we have no recourse. How do we speak truth in an environment that hates Christians, and if we offend the wrong person, we are done? That's the most difficult, exhausting thing. Yes, yeah, so Iowa State, we're on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of the culture, cli uh, the climate of the culture at our, our campus, I mean, still very much a university, very much uh, liberal-oriented in its progressive values. Um, but for one thing I've noticed, uh, and we've noticed this year, I'm, I'm fall 2020, so I'm relatively new. I, I recognize my youth inside of Chi Alpha. Um, but is, it's, Chi Alpha is an intensively relational ministry. Um, we do our best to get as many students in our home as much as possible. By God's grace, we actually have a home to get people to. Um, and it's been so fun to like, get to know the students. Some of them even bring their parents over when, they're, when, they're have, when, the, when their parents are in town. We like, want our lives to be laid out before these students, to know their names, to know where they come from, to know their major, their hopes and their dreams. And as we get to know these students, I mean, it's, it's amazing what even just a little bit of interest and a little bit of listening will open up. But as you get to pour out your life into them and invest time in them, what is classic, and I think every one of us will go through, uh, we'll talk about maybe at some level, and what I'm experiencing most right now is probably what God experienced with the nation of Israel, the unfaithfulness. Um, 
we will invest time and time and time and time, and people will be responding to the gospel and responding to what God's doing in life, and then a switch will flip, and I mean, I got a text like a week and a half ago saying, hey, I just won't want to be Carve Cut Off anymore. Like, I'm just, I'm having a hard time, and I, I want to be by myself now. And it's like bizarre, like random things that the enemy is using to pull people out of community. Um, and it, it hurts, you know, emotionally, it's like, these are my friends. Like if I'm not doing, if discipleship is the work of friends, which is a phrase amongst Kyle if I'm not discipling these, these people well, if they're not my friends and I'm not doing a good job, but when they leave, it is, it is heartbreaking. Like I'm, I'm emotionally, like there's a, there's, a, there's a death that happens there. And so for us having this, this heart that isn't calloused, um, that isn't cynical towards people, that loves like Jesus did, but at the same time recognizing that we're not being rejected, they're rejecting the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so having that balance has been something that's particularly challenging me as just as a pastor and as a missionary on the campus. Yeah. I, I echo a lot of that. Um, Dr- Jeremy and I talk a lot because I feel like U of I is very similar in the progressive mindset. Um, Iowa City was the second... A city in the entire nation to have a pride parade and so they're very progressive in a lot of their thoughts and it's been a beautiful challenge to witness um, but they also when I first started was the fourth party school in the entire nation and by the grace of God we've dropped down to the 14th and so we're doing a lot better but there is still just that crazy party scene um, out every Thursday night it breaks my heart watching girls that barely have any clothes on going out in the bar in the bars when it's like five degrees outside and that's just normal that's just everyday culture and so I think part of the biggest struggle is helping students to see the need for Jesus when they're blinded by alcohol and drugs and everything else that seems like so much more tangible and real and wanting to grab a hold of that and then maybe think about Jesus when they're you know 40 or 50 and so it's been a really continuous um stretch to to try to get to the point of why they're why they're here to find their purpose and if they can find it in Jesus first and foremost then everything else will help set the trajectory of their lives to for the better I'd say for our campus and I think a lot of college campuses specifically is we're starting to finally see the consequences of COVID and forced isolation and students not, like when they sat behind a computer screen for a couple of years and then they're thrown into 10,000 students and say, all right, go make friends now. That can be challenging. So that has really, with the rise of mental illness and things like anxiety and depression just runs rampant on our college campuses. So seeing students who struggle with that and none of us are trained counselors, right? So we don't know how to really handle that and how to help students process that. But being an adult in their lives, they come to us with those trusted things. So trying to come up with answers to questions that I don't even know if we know the right questions to be asking of how to help students with anxiety and depression, things like that. And then also with the world telling them certain answers how to do that and then just trying to counter that with what Jesus says about their identity and how their identity is not in that, but their identity is being a son or daughter of King Jesus and trying to kind of combat all of that with the forced isolation where students sometimes just like, I just need to be alone for the next two weeks. And you're like, what do we do for two weeks then? Because you don't want to hang out. So we go and try to break into their dorm room. But anyways, that's a separate issue. So we can just try to love on them and try to help students through that has probably been the biggest consequence and challenge the last couple of years. 
Um, I think for Kirkwood, with it being a community college, that itself being the two-year Kyofa, like I mentioned earlier, um, we haven't quite figured out how to thrive on a community college campus, so I'm helping pave the way. That's probably one of the bigger struggles. Kirkwood also is a party school, and the apartments that students live in aren't always the safest either, and so, so dealing with that, like, Kirkwood doesn't have dorms, and where I went to school, we had dorms, so we'd have small group in dorms. Um, but they have like contracts with apartments, which is really nice, because technically I can go in there without having permission from the university. Um, I'm not breaking into someone's house or anything like that. But uh, I would say that, and then also too, with it being a community college, a lot of students are like, I'm just here, whatever, I really don't care. I'm just here to get my gen eds, and then I'll figure out what I'm doing, or they're um, going for like, technical jobs and stuff. And so getting them to want to be a part of Chi Alpha, to, to want to have a relationship with Jesus is also um, a struggle that we're having. I only have probably more like a year and a half to try and get them to come to know Jesus, to, to, to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah, right on. So I guess kind of last question for you guys, and it's a two-part question. The first part of the question I want to aim at Brad. Uh, Brett, if someone were to become a Chi Alpha missionary, as I'm looking at these guys up here, does every, does every Chi Alpha missionary get an Apple Watch? <laughs> or is that just a... Just, just those on campus, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> uh, the real question, guys, is, uh, guys and gals, is, um, you know, aside from finances, which is, you know, obvious, what can we as a local church do? What can we as local people do? Uh, to help what you guys, because you guys are really on the front lines, right? Um, what can we do to help you guys in your mission, what God's called you to do? More Apple Watches. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, two parts. I was asked this question about a year ago at a missions conference, and I was sharing with a Bible study, Sunday school group, a few things, and the guy said it a, a little more aggressive than you, but it was great. He's like, so what can we do to help other than money? And I just said, well, we had a team member that just left Chi Alpha, and great, but it was her time to transition. And she used to always make food. So uh, if you guys ever want to make food, we'd love it. And this group of old ladies got together, and I'm telling you, we got food every week. And so I know that there's a little bit of a distance, but if you guys would even mail, or if you know people coming through, if you make like food and send it to these Bible studies, People, they love it, man. College students love it. If you feed them, they will come, okay? Yes. So food, and the, the second piece is... I, I'm envisioning a missions trip. Like, we get in the new church van that's awesome, by the way. It's awesome to travel in. And we just drive to campuses with food. Like, some of you get together and do that. Wouldn't that be fun? We could do cool. that. I mean, I'm serious. We, we talk about missions trips going overseas. You get me dreaming and I don't shut up. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking this kind of thing. Wouldn't it be fun to go to some college campuses, roll in with the food, feed them, and then come back home? I see this restaurant and... becoming a food truck, maybe. Hey, maybe. Yeah. Look at that. Um, yeah, that's a very practical way. And, so and the second yeah. is prayer. And, and I'm not just saying that, okay? About two weeks ago, I got an email from a lady and she said, hi, this is my name. I'm 91 years old. I go to Newton First Assembly. I gave my life to the Lord in 1958. I'm gonna be praying for you. So I reach out to their pastor, um, Pastor Don Hayes, and I'm like, hey, this lady reached out. And he's like, yeah, we just handed out a bunch of missions packets. She must have gotten yours. And he said that she would touch heaven for us. 
and I'm sitting in Mars Cafe, and I start typing a response to her, and I start weeping and bawling my eyes out because seasoned saints, we need you to touch heaven for us. Um, it is the forefront. It's dark. It's hard. Yeah, we got some great wins, but man, we have just as many heartaches and pains. We need you to touch heaven for us. I'm not just saying, hey, say a prayer. I'm talking, we need the people who know what it means to have tears stream down their face and touch their Bible. We need you. Um, or we're not going to make it. We need you to intercede for us. Send us your harvest workers. We, I mean, this last, I think Derek would agree with this. Um, we did an outreach this last year uh, where we bought more food than we did the year before because we had leftovers. And within like 40 minutes, we had like 20 some pizzas, they were gone within 40 minutes, partially because students do love food. Um, but also, there were so many people that came to our Chi Alpha event that we never got their names, we never got connected with them, we never even got to give them a flyer because there were, we were overwhelmed with the ripeness of the field. And we need more harvest workers. The campus is not a place that is like forgotten by God. It's not a place that's condemned to hell. There are, there are thousands of students that need Jesus and your, your kids need to come and tell them about Jesus. There, you, like we often will relegate um, sending our kids to a public university like, oh, they're going to go there and they're going to fall away from the faith. They're going to go there and they're not going to experience Jesus. Let me tell you, there are some wild, crazy things happening for the Lord on the campus. Like there are, there are, there are ministries and, and not even just Chi Alpha, but we're definitely Chi Alpha, where people's experiences in the Lord are deeper than they've ever experienced before. And they are, they are sent out on mission into their own mission field, which is the campus. But we as missionaries cannot reach the campus like students can. And so send us your harvest workers. Iowa State is a dark place, sure, yeah. Drake's a dark place, sure, yeah. But like, at the end of the day, are we just hoarding things for ourselves and trying to protect our children from what God wants to do? Or are we ready to release them and to do the work that God has empowered them to do and is asking them to do? And so send us your harvest workers. Give us your numbers. If you come to campus at Iowa State, I will meet you for lunch. I will buy you lunch. Like, I want you to come to my house. Like, we will do our best to get you connected in community because that's usually the best indicator of spiritual health is you're in a community. But we need harvest workers. We need more students that love Jesus because they can reach other students that love Jesus, or that don't yet love Jesus. They're the ones that are in Helzer Hall. They're the ones that are in Maplewood Larch. They're the ones in physics, uh, in physics, um, I'm forgetting it, 211. Like, they're in all of these classes that I can never get to anymore, but they can. And so send us your harvest workers. I know that's a high call, but if we as followers of Jesus really want to dedicate our families to the Lord, then maybe we send our kids to public universities. Amen. <laughs> um, yeah, I echo what Alex said. Um, at University of Iowa, it's a population of 32,000. And if you put every student that says they're a part of a Christian ministry together, it only makes up 1% of the entire university. So we need harvest workers 100%. Um, food is always great. Food is always great. Um, but prayer is the most important thing. I don't think you can do anything without prayer. And so with University of Iowa, the greatest thing we would love to just partner with you in prayer for is for revival. I've had at least once every, every other month, someone come up and say, yeah, I was a part of U of I. And while I was there, I was praying for revival and I continue to pray for it. And so I'm expecting that I'm ready for it. And God just needs, God just needs us to rise up. And so we could use your prayer hundred percent. I, I just might say this before you clap, uh, how many watched the Hawkeye game 
yesterday, and you were happy with it. You were happy with it? Any Hawkeye fans here? Yeah. Do you ever watch? Do you ever watch the football games? And you cheer. How often do you pray for the campus? We cheer for them. We go, go Hawks, you know, or whatever team you love. But do you pray for them? I, I'm hearing that heart over and over. Pray, pray, pray. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Derek. Yeah, definitely. That's, I mean, prayer is probably the top thing. But I think something that Alex was getting at when he's talking about sending us just kind of labors for that is really really crucial. I see a lot of youth students here, so I'm going to talk at you specifically because I prefer talking to 18-year-olds. It's first have some fun, right? So if I want you to pray about what God is asking of you for the future. I went to a Bible college when I was a freshman, and it was great. Bible college is amazing, but maybe, just maybe, God is going to ask you to dedicate the four years of your college experience to seeing other students come to know Jesus and to seeing going to one of these secular universities and seeing God move through you because what God has done in you in this church, he wants to do through you, possibly on college campuses around our state because we have a dream for revival in the state of Iowa amongst college students, and maybe you can help be part of that answer. For example, one student here, Emma, came to our Chi Alpha when she was a freshman. And so when Emma, she came in, just kept falling more in love with Jesus. Next year, she became a small group leader, and she led this girl named Lilu. Lilu then became a small group leader in our Chi Alpha, and Lilu led this girl named Emma. We have a second Emma. We're getting Jen. This is Emma's granddaughter now. And then, then Emma's spiritual granddaughter just last Sunday was at our church baptizing a girl that she led to the Lord this year. You can make a generational impact just by saying yes to Jesus. And Emma didn't even stay all four years. She got married and came back. So you can just come for a couple of years and make a huge impact. But maybe, maybe it's just that. And sending, when you send students, obviously getting like a practical thing is we'd like to get your contact information, which is true. So we can spam you thousands of texts and thousands of pizza, I guess, is what we'll do. But students, just pray about what God is asking of you. Maybe God is asking you to dedicate something that can seem so personal, obviously, and you want to get a good degree and all those things, but maybe God can combine those things of getting a degree and setting up your future and reaching the nations on our college campuses. Apparently, I need to pray for my students because they don't like food very much. (laughs) Put it out. We don't eat it. Um, I think for me everything that they had talked about, like the harvest of students and stuff, but also um, I'm just a staff of one currently. I'm pioneering, and so I would even say prayer for a team and prayer prayer for all of us with teams. Um, I mean, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Like, I can't handle... There's only so much I can handle before I like I need another person to be able to reach more. And so I would say prayers for um, just an expansion of the team. And then we also have a couple other campuses in the area, Cone, Mount Mercy. So total, there's about 20,000 students. And there's only maybe three, maybe four campus ministries in the area. And we're only touching like maybe 500 to 1,000 students with all the campuses in the area, so definitely need more um, laborers. Well, I really appreciate you guys so much. And, um, you know, we want to we wanna take an offering this morning for these guys. One of the things that I, I, I just, uh, you know, you've heard me say we shouldn't be a holy huddle. We, we shouldn't be the us for and no more church. And sometimes I think our political views get meshed in with our spiritual views. And I, I appreciated Pastor Jared's series on kingdom mindedness so much. But, but here's the deal. We can let those things come together a little bit. And, and we start thinking like, I don't know, the college campus, it's lost. 
forget about it, let's avoid it. You know, that's what Christians do. We're so good at that, right? We avoid evil. But what about those that jump in the middle of it to try to redeem what's being lost? And I think sometimes we can get so focused on the stay away from evil, stay away from evil, that we forget that, that it's our job to go into those places. And God may have, may have not called you directly to do that like he's called these, but we certainly can give. Now, well, the economy's bad. God, God's economy is just fine. Thank you very much. Right? His, his economy is just, just fine. Inflation, inflation's so high, how can I give? Let's inflate the purpose and the, and the progression of the kingdom of God. You know, that, that's what we're about. And um, so as, as uh, if you want to grab an envelope in the back of the, uh, the, the chairs there and you want to give to Chi Alpha, um, just mark it Chi Alpha, mark, you know, give liberally. If you want to give online this morning, we're going to put uh, the, the tag. It's 84321 is the number. And then you can write on there SS for special speaker. And we're going to divide this thing up amongst the Chi Alpha missionaries and campuses that are represented here today. Um, but give liberally. Because this really, truly is, I think you can hear the heart, it's grassroots in America. You, you can vote on Tuesday, but let's do something very tangible uh, other than that. That's tangible too, but let's do something tangible for the kingdom of God where, where a lot of this garbage is getting shoved down deep into our, our culture. And it's, it sits there. So this is our way to, to fight it a little bit. Are you with me, church? Amen? Give them one more hand. <clears throat> and did you guys want to, while they're giving and doing that, did you want to introduce any of your staff that's here? Or I don't know if we got a chance to do all that. You want to have them stand? We'd like to honor them for being here too today. Yeah, we can definitely do that. So we'll start with you and I, Taylor. That's my wife again. And then Victor Martinez, John and Casey Griffin, you'll stand up. Be great. And right behind Casey, uh, my, my right, your guys' left, is Katie. She's my wife. You can stand up. She, is, she obviously is my wife. We live together, but, which is great. But she's part-time Chi Alpha as well. And then to her right is Alejandra Placencia. She's a Give Your Intern um, and has been a gift to our team. In terms of like talking about like laborers for Harvest Field, she has been two laborers worth. So um, we are very thankful for her. Great. So my wife, Tiffany, in the back, we co-lead Kyle Fed Drake, and uh, he probably won't stand up, but my four-year-old son back there, Jotham, no joke, like one of the greatest uh, evangelists on campus, the way he pulls people in, man, people love kids. So he, he plays Bart. That's great. I have Alyssa with me. She is our Chi Alpha president, and she has just done so much to help lead students and to hunt for students and fight for them. And so she's just amazing and praying about giving back to Chi Alpha for the coming future. So she's incredible. Thank you. Well, before you guys go, we want to just have you stand up, and we're going to stand up and. Uh, if we have some elders that would want to gather around, that would be great. Or those of you that just feel a, a real strong connection to this kind of ministry, Emma, come on up. Uh, Abby, I know you feel strongly about campus ministries. And, and anyone else who maybe feels that way, we're going to just reach our hands out and we're going to pray over these. Come on up. Come on up. You can pray with us. Uh, anybody else, too, that wants any, 
any, any of our elders that are here that are able to make their way up, I'd love it if you came up right now. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray over them together, all right? I'll give you a chance to get down here. Here come the elders. We've got some sitting in the balcony, all right? Pastors, too. Donnie, if you're, is Donnie in the building? He's not in the building today, all right. He might be in the nursery, huh? <laughs> okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, Lord, reach out your hand, guys. Lord God, we thank you for this group of people that you've called. We thank you for these ministers, God, that you have raised up to go into the dark places, Lord, within our own country. God, we're so thankful for their hearts that want to see people one to Jesus. And God, right now, we pray for a mighty anointing to come upon them, like never before, God. I pray you would open doors that they've never seen open. I pray you'd open windows, God, that you would pour out so much blessing into their ministry that they wouldn't even have room to receive it. God, I thank you that you will give them inroads to the, uh, the, the governments on those campuses and, and even the, the, uh, the, the officials on those campuses, God. I pray that they would be seen as, as just wonderful additions uh, on their campuses, and Lord, that they would be uh, uh, lights in those places that they've never been able even to, to shine a candle before. God, I thank you that you are in control. God, that no matter how dark it gets, the light is always lighter. And God, I thank you for each one of these missionaries. Thank you for them, God, and pour out your blessing on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.